Well, here we go. Another Tuesday Bible study, praise God. If I have any questions, concerns, complaints, or whatever, my name is George Saranko. It's at gmail.com. If you want to write me like the old-fashioned way like me, my address is George Saranko, P.O. Box 36, Man's Choice, P.A. 155550. Uh, so, and if you want to throw in some money, I'll put it to good use. Uh, so we're going to start our Bible lesson again today. Like I said, we've been talking and we're going to keep on continuing to talk till God tells us different on about intercessory prayer. I truly believe that we, as a, as a body of Christ, has, have kind of lost what the generations that have gone behind us have left. You know, we, we've missed that gap. You know, we have where people have lost what it truly means to intercede, what it means to pray, what it means to, to you know, prayer is basically fellowshipping with God, talking to God about whatever the situation is, no matter what it is, you know. Um, but intercessory prayer is when you intercede on the behalf of someone else or something else, you know. So we're going to go in-depth in this. Remember last week we started talking about you know, if uh, what John Wesley said when he when he said it it is it seems that God is limited by our prayer life that He can do nothing for humanity unless somebody asks Him. You know, so if John Wesley's statement is true, then we need to ask ourselves the re the question is why then is that God can't do anything? Remember, we talked about last week, we talked about, we examined, you know, from the Word of God, why behind John Wesley's statement is, if God cannot do anything for humanity unless somebody prays, then we had to go back. Remember, we went back to the book of beginnings, the book of Genesis. Remember where it said that God created Adam, and then he said he gave Adam dominion over everything that he created. Adam named all the animals and everything. So in basic terms... Adam became the God of this world. Remember we talked about in 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, it says that in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them that believe not, least the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine upon them. So you see that, that Paul was referring and telling the Corinth church and telling the body of Christ and telling everybody that the devil is the God of this world. Mm -hmm. yep. So if, if the devil's the god of this world, so then we need to know, you know, what prayer is all about. Because if if that's the only way God can move, I like what uh, Smith Wellsworth said. He said it in a different way. He said God will move over a hundred million people to get that one person operating in faith. You know, I told you before, faith isn't built off your prayers. Your prayers are built off of your faith. As you pray, your faith will increase. And as you can increase your faith, your prayers will increase. Because they're like joining twins. You cannot do one without the other one. Because when you're confessing God's word, basically you're, you're praying. Because you're talking to God, right? Yes. Yep. So, so we're going to talk about the prayer of intercession in Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. Everybody should know this scripture. Ephesians chapter 6. Are we talking about the full armor? Yep. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. Amen. You there? 
Almost. Verse verse eighteen says, praying with praying all always with all prayers and supplication in the spirit, watching thereunto with all preservation and supplication for all saints. God's speed, Bible says, every kind of prayer and entry at every every way of opportunity of praying in the spirit. The Bible teaches several types of prayers. And there's different rules that govern these prayers. Amen. Amen. The church world made a mistake in not differentiating between the different kinds of prayers. Many prayers are not working because people are using the wrong rules and laws that govern the prayers. You know, it's like sports. When you say sports, sports means every type of sports. Football, baseball, basketball. But you ever notice that there's different rules that govern different sports? Mm-hmm. Yep. Same way with prayers. There's different laws and different rules that govern your prayers. You know, you just can't put prayer in one sack and shake it up and say, we're having an intercessory prayer, and you make it a prayer petition meeting. Mm-hmm. That's not intercessory prayer. Because, see, the prayer of, of faith or prayer petition is, is the prayer to change things. Remember Mark 11 or Mark 21 or Matthew 21, 22, Mark 11, 24. Wait, was it Matthew? Matthew 21, 22. Okay. And, and Mark 11, 20, 11, verse 24. This is the prayer is always based on God's revealed will in his word. That's why when you have the prayer petition, you're basing your faith because you know God's will. You know that God says that He will supply all your needs. Mm-hmm. Come on, He's. You know that God orders mm-hmm. your steps. Mm-hmm. Come on now. You know that when you pray the prayer petition, it says wherever two or two is touching anything on earth shall I ask of the Father in my name; it shall be given mm-hmm. to them. Mm-hmm. Because you can find somebody to agree with you, and when you're agreeing with somebody on prayer, you're, what you're saying is is that you're believing that no matter what. That they, they have the Word of God. The Word of God, remember this. Always write this down and remember. The prayer petition or the prayer of faith mm-hmm. is the most prayer that everybody uses. Okay? It means that you are praying based on God's revealed will. You know? You know you need to go to church. Mm-hmm. Come on now. Amen? Yeah. You need to, you know you need to go to work. Bible says a man done work, done eat. Yep. Come on now. So let's let's talk about the another type of prayer, the prayer of consecration. Listen, the prayer petition never has if it be thy will, God. There's never an if in the prayer petition, the prayer of faith. Never. That's doubt and disbelief when you put an F in there. Now people will say, Well, Jesus prayed. Yeah, but pre- Jesus was prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, God's prayer of co- consecration when he prayed and dedication is when we use the word, if it be thy will. You know, if it be thy will, God, for me to go to Africa. You don't know if you're supposed to go to Africa. You can't find God's word that says, you know, that John 2 is supposed to go to Africa. Doesn't say that in the word, does it? Come on now. Mm-hmm. Or to another state or whatever. So the prayer of consecration, the prayer of consecration and dedication is of our lives for God's use. We go a- anywhere do anything in the prayer we will say if it be thy will. Luke twenty two forty two. Remember in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus prayed this. Give me different types of prayers. When you say prayers, 
Everybody thinks that, you, you know, it's a general term that you can pray anything. No. When you say you're having a prayer of intercession, that's what you're praying. If you're having a prayer of petition, that's what you're praying. Mm -hmm. If you're praying united prayer, that's what you're praying. Come on now. Mm -hmm. Now, the prayer of commitment is, is casting your cares upon the Lord in prayer. 1 Peter 5, 7. Casting all your cares upon the Lord for he careth for you. Come on. Mm -hmm. Do you yeah. see you, you're, what you're doing is you're going to God and saying, God, I give you this care. I give you the anxiety. Remember mm -hmm. what Philippians says? Verse, you know, 4, verse 6. It says, casting all your anxiety, casting all your cares, casting all your anxiety upon the Lord. That peace that passes all running. Yes. Do you, do you see? Now, we have the prayer of worship, which is in Acts 13, 1 through 4, Luke 24, 52 and 53. Okay, what's the John one or Luke? Luke 24, 52 and 53. The prayer of worship. That's when you worship God. That's when you just go and say, Father, I didn't come to ask for anything. I didn't come petition you for nothing. I didn't come to cast my care upon you. I just come to worship you that you are a creator. You know, you you uh, you go there and you pray the to worship. You worship him and say, Father, we thank you that for the trees. We thank you for the grass. We thank you for that. Meaning you're not asking God for anything. You're just there to worship him. You're doing like Mary did, sit at Jesus' feet. Come on now, mm -hmm. amen. Then you have the prayer of agreement, which is in Matthew 18, 18 through 20. We're going to go through these someday in depth. I'm just giving to you just to show you the different roles. Matthew 8, right? Matthew 18, 18, 18 through 20. You know, you, you know I'm show, trying to show you that just because you say prayer, you got to ask what kind of prayer are you praying? Because there's so many different roles. These are different roles. The prayer of agreement is when you find somebody to agree with you. Come on now. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you ain't going to find anybody to agree with you. No. <laughs> okay. So then, then the next one is praying in the spirit. It means praying in tongues. 1 Corinthians 14. 14 and 15. You know. Then you have united prayer. Where Acts four twenty three through fifty or thirty one, remember the United Prayers when the disciples went back and said we was worthy to be beaten for your sake, Jesus. Come on, Amen. So so you know so you have you have the United Prayer four twenty three through thirty one. Then you have intercessory prayer, and this is what we're talking about. Intercessory prayer is praying for others. An intercessor is one who takes the place of another. Or pleads another's case. Okay? So when you intercede for somebody, and you say you're having intercessory prayer on Wednesday night, that doesn't mean that you're there to petition what you need. That ain't what intercessory prayer is all about. Intercessory prayers is when you're pleading a case for somebody else, or you're standing in the gap for somebody else. It could be a nation. It could be somebody that's sick. It could be somebody that's lost. And listen, listen to me. I'm going to take it a little step further. You will actually feel what that person or what that situation is going through. If you're truly interceding. There's times that you will have a sudden urge inside you that you, that you can't explain. That any way you can explain it is by groaning. Remember Romans 8? We're going to be turning there. Romans chapter 8. You said intercessory is kind of like standing in the gap. It's taking the place of another, pleading their case. Okay. 
you know. Uh, listen, whenever you feel the sudden urge to pray for somebody, let me just throw this out. That's going to be free of charge. Whenever you feel the urge that you feel like, you know, that you just got this sudden urge to pray for somebody, you need to pray for them because you could be interceding for that person. There's many a times in my life that I've missed God on this. And I wish I could go back and change this because I could have changed the course of a lot of people's destiny by interceding. Do you realize that you're here today because somebody interceded for you years ago? It could have been hundreds of years ago. Every move of God has come by intercessors. There is people that are called to intercede. We're all called to intercede. But there are certain people that are called to be an intercessor. That's all. Remember I told you about last week about Father Nash mm -hmm. with Charles Finney. Charles Finney wouldn't have been able to do the work that God had for him to do if it wouldn't have been for Father Nash and those people that joined with him and laid in intercession. An intercessor is people who don't even know nothing about or ever hear about. But God remembers them. And on the day when we all stand before God and have to give an account of the work that we did in this body, the intercessors are going to be the ones that people are going to say, Wow, did they ever get an award? Because God is looking for someone that will pray. God has been looking. We as the body of Christ have missed God so many times. You know, we have missed God even through this, what is taking place right now. We have missed God. We dropped a bow on this. We should have been interceding. We should have been standing in the gap. We should have been prepared. And we should have got our congregation prepared so that we could get out there and be able to be an effective cause in this world instead of hiding. Mm -hmm. Amen. Come on now, it's time for us to stand yeah. up. It's time for us to speak up. It's time for us to run to the battle. It's time for us, like Smith Wigglesworth says, fear just stands there and does nothing. Faith reaches out and grabs a hold of it. Mm -hmm. We need to reach out and grab a hold of the devil. Look him in the eye and say, Satan, you're defeated. Amen. Amen. You know, you will not, you shall not cross this bloodline. Amen. Come on now, if you believe in the blood of a of an animal that you put upon your doorpost kept the death angel from coming and stealing your children or family, how much more powerful is the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ? It's as powerful as the day that it flowed through his veins. When he walked this earth, it's still as powerful. Mm -hmm. Amen. Come on now, we talk about the blood, but we don't understand what the blood's all about. Come on now. So man needed a person for to intercede. Turn with me to Job. Remember Job? Yeah. Job. Job is probably the one of the oldest books, if not the oldest book in the Bible. Job. Job chapter 9. Remember, we're talking about intercessor. Intercessor is somebody that takes the place of someone else who pleads their cause. Job chapter 9. Job chapter 9. You there? Almost. Chapter 9, verse 32 and 33, David. 32 and 33. For God is not a mere man as I am, that I may answer him, that we may go to court and judge together. There is no arbiter between us who could lay his hand upon us both, would that there were. Do you see Do you see that, that, that in some translations it says day man? Day man means umpire or one who argues. 
Come on now. Mm-hmm. In other words, there, there is no one to argue our case on both sides. See, this is what people don't realize and understand. Jesus came down and hung on that cross for your sins. But aren't you glad that God didn't want us, that we didn't have to go up to God's level? Because none of us would be able to get to God's no. level. Mm-mm. That's why it's that's why it's so important for you to realize Jesus came down to our level. He walked as a man. He talked as a man. He lived as a man. He died as a man. Even though he was 100% God, he became 100% man. So he became the best arbitrator between, or somebody that could argue between God and man. Because, see, he can look at God the Father, which is a righteous, holy God. Come on now. Mm-hmm. He can look at God the Father because he knows what, it's right to, what it was like to be righteous, holy, without blemish, without sin. Come on now. Mm-hmm. He could relate to God and say, okay, God, I understand you have every right to destroy these people. Yeah. But see, then he could go on the other side and look at man and look at God the Father and say, God, I was a man once. I bled and died as a man. Remember the mercy seat where my blood, remember the Bible says in Hebrews that Jesus walked into the holies of holies not made of man's hands, but made of God into the holies of holies of heaven and put his blood upon the mercy seat. Mm-hmm. So God, Jesus can say, I understand what man's, man's fragile is. I understand what they're going through. I know what it's like. I've been there. So he can, he's able to argue between and stand in the gap for us and intercede for us. That's what Jesus is doing at the right-hand side of the Father right now. He's interceding on our behalf. God has every right to judge us. There's many times I've stood before God and said, God, you are right. You are a righteous God. You are a holy God. You're a righteous God. You have every right to to destroy mankind. But I I ask you to remember the blood of Jesus. There's going to come a day that God is no longer going to look at that blood. Mm -hmm. The blood of Abel was still crying out to God. God sent Jesus. The blood of all these babies that we have aborted is still crying out before God. And there's going to come a day, and if you don't believe me, read Revelation. There's going to come a day that God is going to quit looking at that blood. And he's going to start judging. And when God starts opening up them vows and sends judgment upon the earth, the Bible says that every man, woman, child, or boy is going to know that it's God because they're going to cry out and and run to the mountains and ask for the cliffs of the rocks to fall on them to hide them from the wrath of God. We serve a holy God. Remember I told you last week about the balances. Mm -hmm. We have preached so much on the love and the mercy and the grace of God and I believe 100% with it. But we've never taught the other side of the coin. There's great men and women of God that have preached in times past that have talked about that. David Wilkerson. He is one of them, you know, but we need to start talking about that we serve a righteous, holy God, a God that's an all-consuming, all-powerful God. Come on now. Mm-hmm. We need to t- start talking that there's consequences to come for your actions. God doesn't sit up there and say, oh, well, we'll just slap them on the wrist a little bit. No, God no. says sin's pleasant for a season. Then the judgment of God will come. And we don't like it when the judgment of God comes. But the judgment of God came because he said, I was long-suffering. I waited. I can remember a man talking about this one man. He spent 30 years 
walked away from God for 30 years. And all of a sudden, one night he gets saved. And a week later he died. And I can remember this man of God going before God saying, Lord, you waited 30 years for that man to come back. He came back, got filled with the Holy Ghost, and a week later you take him home. Why? God said, that's because I'm a long-suffering God. I waited all those years and I knew that when he came back, that I knew that he wouldn't be able to go on walking with me, say it was better. I turned him over to the destruction of his flesh so that his spirit may be saved in the day of judgment. Mm -hmm. Do you know that if Apostle Paul lived nowadays, he'd be walking into a lot of churches saying, I told you to judge those people and turn them over for the destruction of their flesh? We'd have, a, we'd have like it was in the back of that, in the book of Acts, when the youth was carrying, remember, Ananias and Sapphira? Mm -hmm. Youth carried them and buried them because they dropped over dead because they lied to the Holy Ghost. Oh, boy, that ain't going over good. <laughs> Look at Job. Again, Job, you got an Amplified Version, right, Katie? Yep. Look, read, read 32 and 33 out of the Amplified Version. That's the same as Dave's. Dave yeah, has oh, okay. I have an Amplified yep. Version. I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyhow, Job Job needed needed Job needed who would be able to lay lay his hands on him and hands on God. He needed needed one to stand between him and God and plead his case. God saw that there was no intercessor. Turn with me to Isaiah 59. Isaiah 59. Isaiah 59. Work, 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 work. We're, we're smart. smart. We're, we're good, good looking. looking. Isaiah what? 59. 50, 59. Since you guys got this <laughs> different version than me. <laughs> you know. Verse 16, it says, And he saw that there was no man, and wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore his arm brought salvation unto them, and his righteousness abstained him. Amen. Do you see? God saw that there was no intercessor, so he supplied the need. He sent Jesus. Thank be unto God. Amen? Mm -hmm. yep. See, Jesus is our intercessor. I wrote this down because this man said it. I can't say his name because of copyright stuff. But... This man's a very good, godly man. Jesus came to bridge the gap between God and sinful man. Man needed someone to stand in the gap so he could get back to God. Man needed an intercessor. Jesus' sacrifice established him as the only fully trusted intercessor for mankind. He is the only intercessor for the people on this planet. Amen. Mm -hmm. Look at second or look at First Timothy two verse five. I'm hurrying up here. Hallelujah. He said two verse five. Yeah. I'm Sorry. hurrying up here. Glory to God. Well, I'm in 2 Timothy. First Timothy two verse five. You there? Almost. It's going to be in the amplified version. David, you turn to Hebrews chapter nine. Oh, okay. First Timothy 2 5 Katie 2 5 for there is only one God and only one mediator between God and mankind the man Christ Jesus do you see he entered he entered heaven to appear in the power in the presence of God for us Hebrews 9 24 for Christ did not enter into a holy place made with hands a mere copy of of the true one but he entered into heaven itself now to appear in the 
very presence of God on our behalf. You see, he is, he is our intercessor at the right hand of the Father. Romans 8. Romans 8, 34. Romans 8, 34. Come on now. Oh. The Bible says that out of the mouth of two or three, every word is established. Romans 8, 8 34, 34. Says, says this. Who, who is he that can condemn it? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again. Who is, who is even at the right hand of God who maketh intercession for us? Amen. Amen. He saved the uttermost. Uttermost, his divine power can never cease for one moment. You're there still in Hebrews, right? In Hebrews 7, verse 25. Seven twenty-five. You there? He's almost there. Hebrews seven twenty-five. Oh. Seven verse twenty-five says, "Wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them." Do you see? There flows from Jesus to the Father an un, un, unceasing stream of prayer. Love for the people and for those that have accepted him as Savior and Lord. Conversely, there flows from the Father to Jesus the answer for us. Therefore, there flows from Jesus to every member of his body the abundant grace for every, every timely needed. Mm -hmm. He abides forever regardless of circumstances, regardless of how dark things look, regardless how we feel. He abides in us forever if we continue in his goodness remember romans 11 mm -hmm. 22 amen you there it's hebrews 7 yep verse 16 and 17 16 and 17 you said mm -hmm. hebrews yep who has become a priest not on the basis of a physical and legal requirement in the law concerning his ancestry as a descendant of levi but on the basis of the power of an indestructible and endless life. Do you see? He's a high priest forever at the right hand side of the Father. How long is Jesus our high priest? Forever. Forever. Hebrews 8.1 Now the main point of what we have to say is this. We have such a high priest, the Christ, who is seated in the place of honor at the right hand of the throne of the majesty God in heaven. Amen. Amen. Turn with me first John two one. As our high priest he exercised every function of his office in an end, endless life power. This endless life power never ceases for one moment. Our faith and experience of that intercession needs never fail because it flows is everlasting is endless that's why we can have the confidence that when we intercede for somebody that that is constantly being a reminder to god those prayers that people have prayed for you and that you have prayed that you think are unanswered the bible says they never go unanswered they are always before god sometimes prayer doesn't get answered because it's not in god's timetable mm-hmm nor maybe it's not in God's will at that moment. But that prayer doesn't go because Revelation says that it's a sweet smell and savor unto God forever. Mm 
-hmm. It's always there. So every prayer that you have prayed, whether you ever see it manifest in your life or not, doesn't mean that God did not answer that prayer. That means that prayer is still out there and it's still going to come to completion. I remember something my grandmother said to me before she passed away. One of the last things she said to me. She said to me, she said, George, she said, no matter how far you run, you'll never outrun my prayers. And it didn't matter how far I ran. I did not run her prayers. Amen. Yeah. First, first John 2, verse 1. Go ahead, David. My little children, believer, believers, dear ones, I am writing you these things so that you will not sin and violate God's law. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate who will intercede for us with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, the upright, the just one who confirms to the Father's will in every way, purpose, thought, and action. Amen. Do you see? Including in the idea of intercession is the fact that Jesus is our advocate. Advocate means intercessor, counselor, or consoler. You know, he was writing to, he was writing to the church when he said, my little children. You know, we're not saying that you have, that it's all right for you in a license to go out there and sin. That ain't what that whole entire verse is meaning. But see, if we make a mistake or if we miss God, and we are going to, mm -hmm. we have an advocate with the Father. Because if not, then God would have to judge us. See, that's why they couldn't understand when Jesus came on the earth, the Jewish people of his day. They only knew God as this unjust, unrighteous, unholy God that would strike you down when you did something wrong. Even though God was righteous, even though God was just. But in their mindset, they thought that there was this big guy out there with a flies water squatting them because they were just little flies. Every time they did something wrong. They didn't know God as a father. They didn't know God as a loving God. They just knew the judgment. Yeah, they only knew the judgment of God. That's why they had a hard time when Jesus started saying about that he started talking about God God loves you. God's here for you. God's not out to get you. They couldn't understand that. And to this day, so a lot of the Jewish people still don't understand that. Because all they know is a God that of the old covenant, a God that gave you rules, gave you regulation. All of a sudden now you have this man come on the scene that's saying about, you know, don't worry about the outside of the cup, just make sure the inside of the cup's clean. Meaning, quit getting so caught up with do's and don'ts. If you fulfill this one law, you fulfill them all. That is, if you love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy mind, with all thy might, and love thy neighbor as thyself, you fulfilled all the law. Mm -hmm. They couldn't understand that. Come on now. We serve. Yes, God's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes. But when Jesus came into the scene, he changed how they thought and how they were supposed to act. He was trying to show them that you could have a liberty in Christ. You don't have to follow rules and regulations. You'll know whether not to do something because you'll do something. You will never do anything that will hurt the person you love. Mm -hmm. Come on now. Yeah. You won't. But see, we also have to realize that God's still the God of the Old Covenant. He's still a righteous, holy God. And we need to realize that we need to start standing up 
and we need to start taking accountability for our actions. Mm -hmm. Oh man, I could really meddle here. <laughs> when a person, a Christian sin, Jesus intercedes. He consoles into the fact that the sin is forgiven and that sin and its stain is washed away by his blood, leaving the person pure and clean. However, it is the will of God that a person stops sinning. 1 John 2, 1 and 5, 3. Amen. And also John 13, 34. You know, listen, you know, that's where a lot of Christians don't realize is when you ask God to forgive you, according to 1 John 1, 9, if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you of all your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So what's the opposite of unrighteousness? The opposite is righteousness. Meaning you're back in right standing with God like you never sinned. And see, they don't realize how powerful that blood is. It washes you clean. God doesn't remember it. Come on. Isaiah 43, verse 25, it says, I, even I, as am he that will blot out that transgression and will remember no more. It also says that he'll put it in a sea of forgiveness. He'll separate it as far as the east is from the west. How far as the east is from the west? I don't freaking know. Unbound. You can't put a measurement on it. No. That's what God was trying to say. He doesn't remember your past mistakes nor your sins. But the devil sure does. You just tell him that you're a new creation. That's right. You tell him old things have passed away. When they say, well, you missed it. Say, yeah, but I ran the first John 1, 9. So I'm back and right standing like with God like I've never sinned. Yeah, because I confess my sins. Come on now. Boy, this is going over good. See, every step outside of love is sin. Amen. You know, everything outside of faith is sin. Mm -hmm. yep. Because you have to have faith to exercise your love, and you have to have love to exercise your faith. Yep. Because without love, you cannot do anything. I'm almost done. Listen, Jesus spent three and a half years in teaching and training his apostle since his ascension. He has been interceding for over almost 3,000 years, give or take, for the people of the earth of his deity. This adds to the prayer. That's why it says in Hebrews 7.25. You still in Hebrews? You still in Hebrews? Nope. Oh, what's it, John? Hebrews? Ooh, I'm at Hebrews. 7, verse 25. 7, 25. Therefore, he is able also to save forever, completely, perfectly, for eternity, those who come to God through him, since he always lives to intercede and intervene on their behalf with God. Do you see that? Jesus spent three and a half years trying to get the disciples and trying to get them to realize that, you know, I'm going away. I'm going back to the Father. My my mission is accomplished here. But I'm not going to leave you guys comfortless. I'm going to send you a comforter. Holy Spirit. Yes, and this is what we're going to talk about next week. The Holy Spirit, our helper in our intercession. But listen, he said, I'm not going to leave you. Listen, there, why do you think there's certain people that's only been put on this on this earth for a season and a time? Is that their season? Yes, they, they, they accomplish what God's called them to accomplish they go home. Mm -hmm. A lot of people say, oh, I don't understand why certain so-and-so went home at such a young age. The reason they went home is because they were only here for a sorted period of time. God, when he created the heavens and the earth, when he made you while you were still yet in your mother's womb, he gave you a destiny. And when you fulfill that destiny, you're done. Enoch, he walked with God and walked off and walked away <laughs> with God. You know, look at John the Baptist. He spent all those years in, in the, the wilderness. wilderness. How many years? How many years do you think he spent in the wilderness? For the short period of time that he was on the earth. 
but he fulfilled the greatest thing that ever happened on the earth, and that is being the being the uh, the mouthpiece or whatever, the go first person to go before Christ came. You know, there's people that are called right now that are in the wilderness, they're in desert, they're in the dry places, they're in the in the winter season, they're in the summer seasons. You know, right now, that they're out in the back 40, back in the bush, back out into the desert, so to speak, on the back side of the mountain, they are being prepared. And when that time comes, they're going to come to the forefront because God's called them to be the prophets, the apostles, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers mm -hmm. for that moment, for that generation. When God spoke to me five years ago in that hospital room, he said, I called you to be a be a part of this end time. I called you to be the light that will shine into the dark places, to stand up and speak the word of God. You know, I was fine praying and reading my Bible and going to church. I kind of enjoyed that. I didn't want to be in the for forefront. I wanted to be somebody that just prayed, that, that supported somebody else, that cheered them on and told them, you know, praise God, I'm there, you know. <laughs> You know, I'll pray with you. You know, I'll help you set up tables. I'll take tables down. I'll work your book table, you know. I'll do. I'll just be in the background. That's all I wanted to do. Because I knew what it was like to be in the ministry. I burned out in the ministry for a lot of years. You know, I knew what it was like. I knew what the pressure was coming. You know, when people say, oh, you're one of them faith healers. Oh, you're one of those people that don't believe this. You're one of those people that says you shouldn't do that. You know. I'd rather would have stayed interceding. I, I kind of liked to like Father Nash. You, you know, nobody knew about me. You know, just interceded and waited on God and just did that. You know, there's people that are called to, and I told you guys this, there's people that are called, that all they're called to do is make money to further the kingdom of God. Come on now, say amen. Amen. There's people out there that are called to be be the only thing they do is work in their Sunday school class at at their church, their home church. Hey, praise God. What a great thing. There's women that are called that all they're called to do is to have babies. To be a mother. What a great calling that is. Mm -hmm. Or maybe you're just called to be a father. What a great responsibility that is. You know, maybe you're called to to just to go and minister to your neighbor. One time, and that's it. Well, praise God, man. The Bible says if one comes to ha comes into the kingdom of God, all the angels in heaven rejoice. Imagine the party that's going on when somebody gets saved up in heaven. Mm -hmm. You know? But, you know, as we learn about the intercessor, we're going to learn that we need to start having more birthing in churches. We need to get these babies that's been sitting in the nursery for 40 years they should be grown up by now. Remember we talked about growing up spiritually? Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, they need to be kicked out of the nursery, give up their bottle and their blanket, and we need to have true intercessors that birth. There's people that are pregnant in the spirit right now that are that are getting ready to birth ministries, getting ready to birth churches, getting ready to birth people into the kingdom of God. Amen. We need to become we need to become kingdom minded. Quit getting so caught up in the worldly stuff. Start becoming kingdom-minded. Can't take anything with you. You know, start start looking at your harvest gatherer 
It's the last time. I saw a vision the other day that I saw these cotton plants. <laughs> Never seen a cotton plant in my entire life. <clears throat> See them on books and maybe some movies, I think. But, you know, that I can remember. But, you know, i never seen one up close and personal. But in this vision, I saw myself at this one one uh, cotton plant. And I saw that it was just prosperous. And, and man, it, the, the cotton was just thick and hanging. And I looked down and I saw all this other cotton laying on the ground. And I cried out. I knew exactly what God was saying. The harvest truly is plentiful, but not enough laborers are out there doing the work. And that doesn't mean that you have to be out there preaching the word of God. It means that you should be praying. I'm trying to encourage the body of Christ. Pray. Mm -hmm. You know, intercede. Stand in the gap. Make up the hedge. When somebody calls you an 1-800, let's gossip line. It's supposed to be 1-800 prayer line. Come on now. You, you need to, when somebody tells you something, it isn't for you to blab it all over the internet. It's for you to pray. To stand there. Give them godly advice. If you don't know the answer, go before God and say, I have so-and-so. They ask this question, Father. I don't know how to answer it. But I'm praying that you give me the wisdom, the knowledge. Give me the words that I can say. Because I want to be. I want them to be able to say that they sat in the council of the godly instead of the ungodly. Because you can all give your opinion. Doesn't mean a hill of beans. <laughs> what matters is the word of God. That's the only thing that will set people free, is it has to be anointed. You know, my way here today, I was praying and saying to God, God, I can't do this without you. Mm -hmm. Holy Spirit, you got to fill the atmosphere with your presence and your power. you got to take my words and put them aside and allow my mouth to be the vessel for you. That's your word, because without the anointing, there's no dis destroying of the yoke. Mm -hmm. I said, God, there you have to do the changing. Your word, your spirit is the one. Remember this. I'm going to give you, give you uh, something that will help you. And I'm closing with this. If you have too much word, you'll dry up. If you have too much spirit, you'll blow up. But the right mixture of the word and the spirit, you'll grow up. God is looking for a mature body, not babies. Not carnal, but mature. That'll just dare to believe God when no one else will believe Him. Dare to believe Him. I'm believing. I'm believing God. I get up early in the morning. I get stay up late at night, and I'm crying out in my spirit. I'm praying and believing God for the power gifts to come in manifestation in these last days. That the nine fruit or nine spiritual gifts of the spirit would be manifest. I'm looking forward to the supernatural miracle power of God, the gift of faith, of super faith, special faith, whatever you want to call it. You know, that's what you're going to need to raise somebody from the dead. Mm -hmm. I'm believing for, for ministers and people to come out of the woodwork that will raise people from the dead. Come on now, quit letting the devil take all these people. I'm believing God for supernatural wisdom that will have the mind and the, the will of God know the mind that have the wisdom of God. This gift of knowledge, the gift, the gift of the spirit of word of knowledge, the word of wisdom discerning the spirit boy do we need that nowadays mm -hmm. you know they'll look at a witch or a warlock that comes into their meeting or their church 
and look at them and say, you will not and you shall not come across this bloodline and you will not be standing on my, on my pulpit no more. You will not lead my praise and worship. You will not be, do my children. That's my flock. Stand up with boldness and tell the devil, I claim this town. Wherever my feet shall tread upon, I can claim. Well, I claim it. Amen. You know, I'm talking about, that's what I'm believing God for. That's what I'm believing for intercessors to come up. That'll that'll come up and be one of them people that, that the book of Acts talked about. Turn this world upside down for Jesus Christ. Amen. Come on now. I'm talking about when God told me, he said, I want you to write the 29th chapter of the book of Acts. And I was like, God, there's only 28. Let's do it. He said 29th. He said, I want you to do more than what, what was done that you've seen what I did and what the book of Acts did. You're going to do even greater things. He's talking about the whole body of Christ. Mm-hmm. Come on now. Praise God. I hope I helped you. I hope I stirred you, encouraged you. Come on now. There's a lot of people out there that are putting stumbling blocks in your path. They're trying to snare you. You know what the word snare means? It means puts a noose around your head and hang you. Mm-hmm. It could be money. It could be women. It could be men. It could be, it could be alcohol. It could be drugs. But it's there to snare you. They're, they're trying to stop what God wants to do in your life because you have a destiny. And that destiny is to fulfill God's will. Your desire of your heart, if you're a true born-again child of God, should be crying out, God, not my will, but thy will be done. It's time for you to increase. It's time for me to decrease. It's time for you to come to the forefront. It's time for me to put aside my pride and arrogance. Yes. It ain't, you, don't, you don't got healing power. I had somebody the other day or a couple weeks ago ask me about, you know, do you believe in the healing power of God? And I said, oh, yes, I do. Well, you think you're a faith healer. No, I'm not a faith healer because it's not, it has nothing to do with George Saranko. It has all to do with Jesus, with Jesus Christ. It is his power and his might. Nothing does with me. All I am is just a yielded vessel to be his hands because he physically can't have his hands here on earth. But I'm part of his body. Doesn't matter if I'm the ligament in the knee. I'm still part of the body. I'm the toenail. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if if you're you're the one hair that's on top of the head. You're still part of the body. Mm. Come on now. Amen. So let's be encouraged today. Let's pray. Let's stand in the gap. Amen. Let's go ahead and pray. Praise God. Father, we just thank you, Lord. We thank you that you are a good God and a faithful God. We ask that, Lord, that God, that whatever needs out there are being met. Father, we thank you that your word does not come back to you void, but God goes out and accomplishes what you set it forth to do. Father, we thank you that you hasten to reform your word. And Father, we thank you that we can plead our case before you. That, Father, that we can cry out and say, Father, enough is enough. Father, we thank you, Lord, to God, that you're bringing supernatural healing. We thank you, Father, that you're walking into every hospital, every clinic, every tent, every house. Father, and you're bringing your healing power, your deliverance power in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for the doctors and the nurses. We thank you, that God, that you're encouraging them. You're sending them a word. You're bringing people into their path that are encouraging them and building them up. The Father, that they're helping them take the garment of praise our garment of spirit of heaviness and 
putting a garment of praise on them, Father. I thank you, that God, that, Lord, that they're seeing the fruit of their actions, the fruit of their works, Father. And we thank you that you're blessing their hands. We thank you that you're giving them wisdom to know exactly how to deal with every situation and every circumstance. Father, we praise you and we thank you for every person. Father, from the top to the bottom, in between, from the north, south, east, and west, we thank you that, Father, that you're ministering and moving in their behalf. Father, we thank you that you're calling forth intercessors. We thank you, that God, that you're calling those that will stand in the gap and make up the edge. We thank you, that God, that, Father, that you're doing the repair of the breach. We thank you, that God, for this great awakening. We thank you, that God, that you're going to sweep across this nation, Father, with a revival, Father, like no other. Father, we thank you that the churches will be prepared to receive the harvest that is going to come in. And we thank you for it. Father, we just give you all the glory and all the praise. Now, Father, we just give you thanks. We thank you that, God, that we will always remember to give you the praise. We'll always remember to give you the glory. And it's in Jesus' name. Last thing I'm going to say. Amen. (coughs) Remember, God's word says that his house is a house of prayer. Do not make it a den of thieves. And do not take God's glory because no man will stand in God's stand and take God's glory. Amen. Amen. Guys, have a great day. Any questions, anything, give me a give me a holler at my email or, or write me a letter. You know, once you know I'm praying for you. If you don't know Jesus Christ, all you have to do is call upon the name of the Lord and ask him to come in and save you and say, I confess my sins, you know, and believe that Jesus Christ died for you and you shall be saved. Find yourself a good Bible based church get hooked up and keep giving your tithe like i said if you want to give us any money you're more than welcome you can spell my last name s-c-i-r-a-n-k-o put george in front of it and you can put billion and millions on it amen <laughs> amen glory to god god bless all of you amen uh all of the stuff for like the email the post office box and that will be in the description below